Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Take some twists and turns as we get into this series, just talking about the love affair and just really stirring up love and experiencing the love of God in whole new ways. Because, again, I just believe God is doing some amazing things. Amen. And so uh, talking about love and a love affair, I, 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 you know, when you think about love stories, there's always a juicy twist to it. Right. And so I want to begin by opening up about a story of a preacher and a prostitute. Some of you woke up just now. All right, it's all right. <laughs> I want to talk about a preacher and a prostitute. And the person that I'm talking about is somebody that is found in the Old Testament. And his name is Hosea. And Hosea was, was a man that had a heart to serve God. He was growing up knowing that God had a call on his life. And as he was was maturing, he started to become just a really an outstanding preacher and was getting known and, and, and just was really, you know, a man of integrity, a man of character, and was a great leader. But as with any young man that is serving God, he had a prayer and says, God, I want to find a wife. <laughs> you know, I need to find somebody. You know, back in the old days, preachers, what they did, they wanted to find a wife that played the piano because they could be a, the dynamic duo. You know what I mean? Now we've got great, great worshipers and leaders in that kind of area. But back in the day, you know, you found a woman that, that could play the piano. So he wanted to find a wife. And, and the Bible says that, that he had a desire to find that one. And again, he was a man of integrity and character. He saved himself for that special day that he would come in relationship with that woman that God would present him. And when I say saved himself, I'm talking about abstinence, not just practicing safe sex. I'm talking about practicing abstinence. You know what that means? That means he just hold out. You know, there's still those that have virtues. And, and really, that's a message we need to preach to our young people today, right? Come on, it's, it's about saving yourself and honoring God and, that, and honoring that woman or man as you get ready to spend the rest of your life with him. And so God says, I found her. I found the woman for you. And you can just think of Hosea. Hosea's like, man, I can't wait to meet her. I mean, I've had my eye on that girl in the choir, man. She sways and she's up there singing, you know. I, man, maybe it's that girl up there in the, the choir loft singing so pretty. Or, or maybe it's that blonde that I, I met in youth group so long ago. Man, I had a crush on her. And wouldn't it be awesome if that was the girl that God has joined me up for to be my wife for the rest of my life. And so the Bible tells us that God says... Now, I want you to go down to a certain place in the city and to a certain street. And Hosea started to think about it. I said, well, man, that's kind of a rough area of town. In fact, that's, that's the red light district. And then he's like, praise the Lord. She's such a godly woman. She's got a ministry down there in the red light district. And she's given to the poor. She's meeting the needs of these women that are that are just really searching for a hunger of love. And, and, and just looking in all the wrong places. He's like, man, this has got to be a great woman. And so he goes down there looking for this woman that God has said is going to be his wife. And as he's walking down the street, God says, there she is. 
And she's leaning up against the light pole smoking a cigarette. She's got her stilettos on, her fishnet stockings. She's got that mini, mini, mini skirt on. <laughs> and then she's got a blouse that's biblical. It's lo and behold. And so, <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's, he's like, that's your wife. That's the woman that I've called you to marry. She was a prostitute. And here he is, a preacher. He's a man of character and integrity. And the Bible says that that is what God called or said was going to be his wife. Now, this story isn't just about Hosea, Hosea Marion Gomer. Because if that was all the story was about, then all we would really talk about is a story of him being obedient and submissive to the direction of the Lord. But really, it's a story of him loving the woman that God said would be your wife. And here's the beauty of it, is because concerning the scriptures, we've got the New Testament that we, the church, pretty much live in and, and walk in the experience of our relationship with God. But everything in the Old Testament was a foreshadowing of what was to come. And from a theological standpoint or explanation, if you will, it's what is called types and shadows. And so, like, for instance, Moses was a type and shadow of Christ, the Deliverer. Noah was a type of Christ. Hosea was a type of Christ. And the reason being is because God chose to love us in spite of where we were at. See, I'm talking about a love affair. I'm talking about a heart of love and experiencing this true love of God's love for us. And, and we can't even really begin to talk about other things until we begin to talk about and experience the love of God in our own personal life and begin to understand that. Listen, I'm convinced that if we would, if we would truly understand how much God loves us, it would eliminate all the fear in our life. Concerning the fear of poverty and lack, if we knew how much God loves us, we would not be afraid concerning this stuff called money. If we knew how much God loves us, when the doctor gives us a report that says, you've got cancer. <laughs> I, well, I might got cancer, but I want you to know God loves me. And because of knowing the love of God, it would produce faith on the inside of us to go and live this life. Like nobody's business. Jesus said, I've come that you would have life more abundantly in quality and quantity. And if we truly knew the love of God, we would begin to live that out. And so this story, or I could say it, it, is, it is the story of God's love and the power of love toward us. Because you see, concerning the gospel story, concerning what Jesus came to do. If Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins... It would have been enough. But that's not what Jesus came to do entirely. He came to pay the price. He was obedient to the will of the Father. But the reason that he did it was because he loved you. He loved me. So the love affair and the story of Hosea and Gomer is really the story of God towards us. I loved you 
not because I had to. I loved you not just because I was being obedient because of what God said to do, but for God so loved the world that he gave. And regardless of whether Gomer was faithful to her husband, Hosea, he chose to love her. Come on, aren't you glad that God loves you in spite of whether you're faithful or not? Man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Oh my goodness. How many, how many of you would say, you know what, I've messed up more times than I can count? We all have. And here's the thing that just really, uh, this set me free one time. And that is this re- reality that God is never surprised. You've never messed up to where God says, Jesus, did you see that? Can you believe that? I would never have guessed. I would have never thought they would have done that. No, God always knew before you ever did it. So it never surprises him. He never is disappointed in you. He loves you in spite of your faithfulness or the lack thereof. And so once again, we see this love affair, this power of love through the story of Hosea and Gomer. God doesn't love you because you go to church. He doesn't love you because... You give your tithe or your offering. He doesn't love you because you serve in one area of ministry or the other. He loves you simply because he loves people. He just loves people. And the fact of the matter is is that we bring nothing into this picture. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you. There's nothing that you can do to sweet talk him, to make him love you. Now, he does like you to sweet talk him. Come on, he likes it when you talk to him and brag on him and and tell him how awesome he is. He loves that, but it isn't contingent upon you doing that. He loves you in spite of that, simply because he loves people. And so just as we were talking about Hosea being this preacher and him marrying this prostitute... We see that exact same story within the gospel story. Because you see, Jesus was a preacher. I said Jesus was a preacher. He was the the most famous preacher of all. He was the most impactful preacher that ever lived. And the Bible says that he wanted to marry you and me. He wanted to make us his bride. In spite of, again, all the things that we've ever done. And in the likening of this picture, we are that prostitute. We bring nothing of value to this relationship. He came into our world, into our mucky streets, into our own red light districts and said, I love you and I've come just for you. You see, Jesus didn't come just to remove sin. He came to love you. Man, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because you realize so much of the church experience is getting us to a place of saying, yes, Jesus loves me and Jesus forgave me. But he also wants to have a love affair with you. Do you realize that any good marriage is built upon communication? So God wants to talk with you. He wants to spend time with you, right? The best marriages are the marriages that set time aside to have date night. I've been very bad at that as a husband. Just got to say. 
But if the best marriages are produced based upon having date nights, then that must mean that God wants to date us. He wants to spend time with us. That's what he wants to do. And you see, it's not just that Jesus performed the miracle in the death, burial, and the resurrection. One of the greatest miracles in that whole experience is that he loved you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that was a big miracle. <laughs> now, I don't mean that they're, that, that they're the miracle. You know what I mean. So, that's the miracle of this love affair that in spite of our failures... Jesus chose to come and get into our world to leave his world and purpose to love us. So as the story goes on concerning Hosea and Gomer, the Bible tells us that Hosea's ministry is beginning to grow. He's beginning to be more recognized. He's spending more time doing the will and the plan of God for his life. And so as it would be many times as ministers begin to be more in demand, they spend less time at home just because they're fulfilling the call of God on their life. And so as a result, Gomer's home. Husband's gone doing ministry, working for God. And she's stuck home with the babies. And you know, after one baby, two baby, the, ba- the, the, the body just don't look the way that it used to. And after a while, you know, the husband's gone and she's kind of letting herself go. And she's looking in the mirror and she's like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Now remember, her business was all about her sex appeal and how she looked. So in other words, there wasn't very many men that were looking at her, that weren't demanding her attention, demanding her affection. And so as a result of it, she said, I'm going to Planet Fitness and I'm getting me a membership. (laughs) I'm taking some liberties here, obviously. But she said, I'm going... To Planet Fitness and I'm going to get me a membership and I'm going to get this, this body back into my fighting weight. And I'm going to start looking good and feeling good about myself. So she starts going to the gym and then there's this trainer there. And the trainer says, hey, I'll, I'll train you. I'll get you back into, into shape. And she's like, okay. Well, he's not bad looking either, man. He's fit. He's got a good physique. And so he starts working out with her and starts helping her and training her. And then from here to there, you know, she's doing sit-ups. And so he's he's putting her hand in the small of her back and kind of helping her. And, and here and there, little touches here and there. and Puts his hand on her leg. And all of a sudden, she's starting to get that tingle feeling like, man, I think he likes me. And all of a sudden, the conversations start. And she goes home one night and friend requests him on Facebook. They start talking. They start telling some of their most intimate feelings of where they're at, how they're feeling. Talking about the marriage and how the preacher's gone all the time. And then he asks her out for lunch. You know, let's go to the gym and let's go get some lunch. And before you know it, the lunch turns into a full-blown affair. Then she begins to go back into the cycle that she had been in. She sought the affection and the attention of the trainer or one particular man. And she got sucked back in to the lifestyle that she was in. And then the Bible tells us, and again you can read this for yourself. But the Bible tells us that she's on the auction block. Basically her pimp is selling her and selling her to the highest bidder for services rendered. She's in the sex trafficking industry. She's 
gone from a place where she was walking with God to going back to the same street corner that she was on. Now, any God-fearing man, any preacher man would obviously kick her to the curb. But the Bible says that God spoke to him, and we're going to pick up here in Hosea chapter 2. Hosea chapter 2, starting in verse 14. In fact, before I read that, I know we joke about this just a little bit in terms of the temptations and the snares and just how easy it is to get snared into relationships or get off track and you think, oh, that would never be me. Listen, if you're ever saying or in the position of saying it will never be me, you are susceptible and vulnerable for it to happen to you. Just last week, now it wasn't my fault because I'm always innocent. But we got in a spat last week. You know, the the woman that God gave me. <laughs> we got in a spat just like any normal couple does. And she was telling me, she said, you know, isn't it just funny how the devil is? She goes, here we were spatting. And she goes, and then I go to the gas station. And she goes, I'm getting gas. And she goes, there's these three guys that come up in a big old truck. One guy rolls down the window and says, how are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, fine, thanks. So he pulls around, gets out of the truck, and comes over to the pump. So you having a good day? Yeah, I'm having a fine day, thanks. Good. I can't remember all the story, but he ended up leaving or going. She probably told him, my husband is 6'5", and looks like, so, he, right? Is that what you told him? <laughs> Big dude, man. <laughs> But he ended up leaving. But what am I saying? It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a preacher, preacher's wife, or you're just that person that's serving God. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be distractions. And it's going to be in the opportunity or the time that you're most vulnerable. When you feel like they don't care. When you feel like they've just given up on you. When you feel like, well, what's the use? They don't give me any attention. That's the time that the enemy's going to come. Say, hey, let's see what you're made of. So Hosea chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the day of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Egypt is a Sign of slavery, of bondage. Verse 16. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. For I will take from her mouth the name Belial or Baals, which is master, and they shall be remembered by their name no more. A couple things that I want to bring to your attention. This is the word of the Lord that came from God to Hosea. Here she is in the lifestyle that he rescued her from. And God says, go get her. And he says, when your marriage and your family is in the valley, he says, I'll give you a door of hope. And that word, acor is actually translated in the Hebrew as trouble. 
In the valley of trouble, I will give you a door for you to escape. I will give you a door of hope. So there is no marriage that is irreversible. There is no love affair that is not able to be rekindled. In the midst of trouble, he says, I will give you a door of hope. You just got to go after it. I'll restore it. I'll rescue it. Amen. And notice what he says here. See, Hosea, he had to go buy her back from the pimp. So what she naturally would do was, thank you, master. Thank you for purchasing me. And God says, you won't respond by calling me master. You will call me husband. What's he saying? You're not going to identify with the mess. I'm not your master. I'm your husband. And that's what God has joined us together for. So get that stinking thinking out of your head. And let's begin to think right. You're my wife. I'm your husband. I didn't come to do this for you. God says you're my wife. And I'm going to love you because of the woman that God said you are. And in the midst of trouble, the Bible says that God will bring hope. It's much like in Job. In Job chapter 14 verses 7 through 9 it says this. Concerning this promise of hope. For there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down that it will sprout again. And that its, that its ten, uh, tender sh- sh- shots will not cease. <laughs> Though its roots may grow old in the earth. And its stump may die in the ground. Yet the scent. Now listen to this. Yet a scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. So it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. See, you think it's just all about you. See, the devil's after your family tree. He's looking to wipe you off the face of the earth. He's looking to to wipe your name off this earth. Because in you is a legacy, in you is a dream, in you is a purpose, in you is a ministry, in you is a love affair that is going to connect people with God. And God is, or the enemy is looking to destroy and cut off your family tree so that you no longer exist. But the Bible says, at the scent of water, and really the water is just nothing more than a picture of the Holy Spirit. At the scent of water, something begins to be brought back to life. There's hope. There's a love affair that God desires for us to truly experience. It doesn't matter how bad it's been cut. There's hope. Because the Bible says that love never fails. Now, there's two ways to have a great marriage. Number one, do everything right. Good luck with that one. I've proven that one that that it don't work. But if you can't do everything right, then number two, walk together until you find a door of hope. I said walk together until you find the door of hope. You might feel like you're in a valley. But God says, there's a door. It's there. The escape hope is right before you. When you get in the valley, 
You don't abandon one another. You walk together in the valley. What does that look like? You make a mistake. You repent. You ask for forgiveness. And then you make another mistake. And then you repent. And then you forgive. And then you make another mistake. And you repent. You ask for forgiveness. And you continue the cycle. Even though you mess up. And the reason being is because as long as you stay together. As long as you keep fighting. There is a door of hope. Amen. Gomer was being sold to the highest bidder. And he said. He's not your master. He's your husband. You see names in the Bible mean something. We take it for granted. Oh, that's a weird name. What's that mean? Hosea means this. Deliverer. Gomer means complete. Hosea was there to help set her free. But God already called her complete before he ever showed up. You see, you got to see you the way God sees you. Not defining yourself through the mess that we've gone through. You might see a prostitute. God sees a preacher's wife. You might see a woman that has given herself up. God sees a woman that wants to give herself to God. God sees us complete. And wherever you're at, your direction is more important than your present location. Because your present location might be in the mully grubs. You might feel like you're just down and out. But as long as you're pointed in the right direction and take one step, put it in front of the other, eventually you'll come to the destination that God has called you to be. So today is a day where we can start to, to today is a day we can start to turn and head in the direction that God has called us to be. And the love of God will stick with you until you get there. He is your husband. We are his bride. And he says, I'll walk through the valley with you. I'll see you to the other side. I'll see you being complete. The Bible says that God wants us to know in Ephesians, it says he wants us to know the love of God. That surpasses all understanding. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of it. And the power of that love. As I said in the beginning, if we ever got just a glimpse of how much God loves us, we would be unstoppable. Do you realize that we're so distracted in this life? Because we're trying to find something to fulfill us. But if we knew how much God loves us, the fulfillment of life would be there. And our purpose of life would look entirely different. Our marriages would look different. Our church would look different. Amen? Now listen. I'm telling you. I'm your pastor. And we have a marriage that has stuff just like anybody else does. But we keep on trucking. If I was to put stuff up on the screen and say, hey, this is my life, you'd be like, oh, dear God, I can't believe that. Well, don't point fingers because let's put your stuff up on the screen. It would be like, oh, dear God, I can't believe that. 
But here's the thing. God's seeing the same thing that's on the screen that you think you're seeing. And God's saying, I don't see it. What are you talking about? I can't believe what you're saying is on that screen because I can't see it. Why? Because we're so focused on the the junk of life and the things that we've done and the failures that we've had. And God says, I've forgiven it. So you're looking at a screen and remember in the past, it's blank for me. I don't see anything. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me want to fear God because of all the things that he might want me to do. That makes me want to love him all the more because he loves me in spite of who I am. My wife tells me all the time, she says, you know, you need to have an attitude adjustment. She sees it. But God says, I see beyond the things that you see. It makes me want to serve him more because of how much he loves me. It makes me want to love him more and know him more. Because he loves me in spite. Amen. Amen. Let's love together. Let's do the journey together. Let's live this life. And have a love affair in 2017. Like never before. You know. It would just tickle me. If the teenagers came into church. And they're like. Pastor I wish you would stop preaching on that stuff. Because mom and dad. They are just like all over each other. They're like sloppy. Just like. Gag me. You know, go get a room, you know, just, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about being gross. I'm just talking about a husband and wife not afraid to show affection, to hold hands. Come on, you ever see the old couple walking down the mall holding hands and you're thinking, wow, still holding hands after all these years, right? I don't know if I should say that. You know, you see the movies where somebody comes into the office and the office is all smiles, you know, and they're like, (laughs) good night. (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't it be so awesome? Now, hear my heart because this isn't being gross because God designed the love affair. Wouldn't it be so great if people would come into church smiling? And like, and you're like. You know what I mean? Just simply because we can't get enough of each other. I hope you're hearing my heart and what I'm saying. Amen? Come on, let's stand. God wants us to grow. And if you didn't know it, there's a lot of people that are hurting. There are people that are hurting because of their past The abuse, the scars, they don't know what a healthy love affair looks like. They don't know what love looks like. And I truly believe that God wants us to be role models. I truly believe that God wants us to make people so stinking jealous of our marriages, our families... Wouldn't it be awesome if we were the headlines in the evening news? People 
just can't get enough of each other. People just love being together. Families are being healed all over the place rather than the stories that you hear now. This one killed. This happened to that one. This little one was whatever. I believe we can turn it. Amen? Let's pray and let's just worship God one last time before we leave. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person here under the sound of my voice, those that are tuning in online, I thank you, Father, that the love of God is not subject to an isolated location, but God, it can permeate our hearts, it can transcend our homes, it can go through the airwaves, and God, I thank you that we can have a love affair with you that begins to just produce life and change people and truly introduce them to you. So we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.